Welcome to Rework, a podcast by 37 Signals about the better way to work and run your business. I'm your host, Kimberly Rhodes, and I'm joined by the co-founders of 37 Signals, Jason Freed and David Heinemeyer Hansen. We get a lot of questions about how we work at 37 Signals being a fully remote company with employees all over the world, how we keep track of what everyone is working on. The short answer is automatic check-ins. I thought we'd spend some time this week talking about what they are and how we use them to make sure we know what's going on across the company. But first, Jason, let me ask you this. Automatic check-ins were something that was built into Basecamp 3. What were you guys doing before then? How did you know what people were working on at the company? Uh, you could say they were not automatic check-ins. <laughs> so it was more like, hey, what's going on? Hey, what's going on? You know, people would write up these sort of heartbeats occasionally uh, and kickoffs occasionally, but we didn't have this regular cadence of uh, daily updates or semi-weekly updates about what people were planning on doing, what people were working on. So it was kind of a scale thing too. We sort of didn't really need to, and we were much, much smaller. We were, everyone was a little, little bit more involved in everything and you kind of had things rubbing off on you. So you just sort of knew. But once you get to a certain size, you don't know all that's happening, nor should you have to go seek out all that's happening. So that's a lot of work or a lot of meetings or a lot of status meetings or status reports. So we introduced this idea of, uh, you know, the, the fundamental idea behind this was that if you want answers, you have to ask questions. The idea that people are just simply going to volunteer what they're working on all the time in an, in an automatic way, it's just probably not going to happen unless it sort of becomes policy. But even policy doesn't quite do it because things can always get in the way and you don't get it done. So by having a, a system automatically prompt everybody in the company and everyone has to play by the same rules, essentially, it's just a simple question is two once a week or one once one once a week and once every day. One The one once a week is, what are you planning on working on this week? Just a broad summary of kind of what you think you're going to be doing. And then what you do today at the end of every day, that's asked. And people typically answer that a couple times a week, but that's enough. And it's so much better than having to fish around for what's happening or to try to absorb through osmosis what's happening. It's a lot more explicit and uh, it's a much better system. Let me just say it again, what those two check-ins are, Jason, that you mentioned. What are you going to be working on this week? And that gets sent out every Monday morning across the country, across the company. <sighs> across the world. Across the world. And what did you work on today are the two that get frequently sent out? Yes. And we have a few others. There's some social ones that people, you know, like, what what do you, what'd you do this weekend? Which is totally optional. It's a way for people to share like, hey, I went on this trip or I saw my grandmother or I took the kids biking or whatever it might have been which is a nice way for people who don't see each other very often because we're remote to get to know each other on a different level. So we use them for that as well. So they're social and they're for, um, you know, more specific updates on, on work itself. I think one of the great things about automatic check-ins is that it is so compatible with remote work. Automatic check-ins answer or ask the individual on their time zone, at the end of the day, for example, of what you work on today or at the beginning of their day on Mondays of what are you going to work on this week, in a way that does not require the grinding of gears, as we like to say. It does not require schedule to line up for a status meeting that involves five, seven, ten different people. When Jason said we didn't use to use something else, lots of other companies do do something else. And what they mainly do is they do different forms of status meetings. Maybe a boring company calls it the status meeting and a hip company calls it the daily stand-up. But it's the same thing. It's still a status meeting where you sign up in synchronous time to be in the same either physical room or Zoom room at the same time and go around the table one by one. What are you working on today? What are you working on? What are you working on? 
that requires the grinding of gears. It requires schedules to line up, which is just not that compatible with remote working. It's also just an incredibly time-consuming way to digest information. There is basically nothing worse than wasting your time in a meeting, just waiting for someone to finish talking about something that is perhaps tangentially interesting to you or relevant to you, when you could have scanned that block of information, what's in that nugget, in about two seconds. And I think that's what's so powerful about automatic check-ins especially for someone who's trying to keep a tabs on multiple individuals in the organization, multiple teams in the organization. I can scan 40 check-ins in less than five minutes. If I had to sit in on the status meetings of 40 people, like that'd be the entire day. Nothing else would be done except for that. So there's both this sense that Automatic check-ins allows greater flexibility in your schedule. And it's also just a vastly, perhaps the most meaningful jump in productivity of relaying information. These status updates, they're common. Oftentimes, they're not even that exciting. It's not like some great revelation is going to be put into these answers. It's just like, okay, I feel like I'm in the loop. I feel like I know what's going on. That works really well for someone's manager, but it also works really well for someone's peers and peers in other teams. The problem with something like a daily standup is that it generally works for the five to eight people block. That's a team. They'll know what they're all working on. The other team, they're not going to know. They're not going to have a sense of, of what's going on. And we have so many serendipitously interactions that come from these posts. Someone will relate what they're going to work on and what they had work. And they say, like, oh, I'm working on this problem. Someone from an entirely different team will just squint, see that, jump into the common thread. These automatic check-ins have their own page and you start a conversation. It's funny because to me, that is basically the ideal of the water cooler. So many companies who don't like remote, they talk about the serendipity of the water cooler or just bumping into each other in the office. And you know what? It's a romantic notion most of the time that doesn't actually happen in reality. This totally happens all the time in reality that people do bump into each other, what they're working on, and automatic check-ins makes that possible. And what's cool, by the way, because I can imagine someone going, well, God, that sounds annoying. Like this team is talking about this thing and these people are jumping in. It's like, it's not annoying, first of all. It doesn't happen that much. And when it happens, it's usually a short conversation or an interesting one. And you don't have to participate if you don't want. Um, it's just, it, it's one of these things that's, it's a subtle way to keep tabs on a lot of things, dive deep when you need to without getting too wet, you know, jumping right out of the water really quick. It's just really, it, I can't imagine another way to do it rather than like David said, sitting in on everything. And then when are you going to do anything? And what often happens at other companies is, you have then this chain of aggregation because you cannot sit in on a status meeting of 50 people. That's not relevant or realistic. So what you have, is you have these pods, you have these teams, they may do a daily standup, they may do a weekly summary. Then you have some layer of middle management and then you have another layer of management depending on how large you are and the information sort of gets aggregated up. And every step, every hop that information has to travel, it's a game of telephone. Half the value of the update is actually lost Sometimes it's misstated. Sometimes it's something totally different. This is one of the reasons why the larger organizations typically get the less accurate information the people at the top have, because it has to travel through all these hops. When I'm reading a check-in from a programmer who's on the SIP team or on the web team, I'm getting the original source. I'm not getting it two layers removed, four weeks apart, 
filtered through some manager's filter. And I think there's just such a um, uh, clarity of information in that. And most of the time, it's not like you're luxuriating in this. You're just like, oh, let me just take it all. You're just skimming it. You're skimming it. And you can skim so much information and narrow in on what's actually relevant and where you need to dive in or perhaps have an opinion on something. And you can just choose to focus on there while only spending five minutes a day on catching up on everyone. Like what other piece of technology would allow this to happen? That to me is just, it's such a marvel. And I'd actually go as far as to say, these two questions are probably the most important part of what makes 37 signals with around 70 people work as a remote organization without drowning in all these async or synchronous meetings all the time. I will also say, I think one of the things that's great about automatic check-ins in Basecamp is that you can link to other things. So a lot of times you'll see people who will write what they've been working on and they're linking it back to another project or to an on-call card or some other place of documentation where if you had that meeting in person, you can just be like, oh, I'll send it to you later or I'll follow up after this meeting and send you the information where it's all in one place to your point of just being able to scan quickly. You know, what's interesting about that, too, is, is I, I would like this part of product development where one feature leads to another. So people would do what you say, Kimberly, they, they link up things, but then people wouldn't have access to these other things because they wouldn't be on these other projects. And it was frustrating because you'd see, oh, I want to see what that's about. So then because of that, primarily because of that, we added this new feature called all access projects, where you can turn a project into an all access project without having to invite everybody. They're automatically invited if they basically click a link and they, they get to have access to the project. So that feeling, this is like how we think about building new features. This is a bit of a tangent, but we had this pain point. We had this, this point of friction and it was annoying to have to ask someone for access to something that everyone should be able to see anyway. So that led to something else. Um, which is one of the wonderful things about using your own product is that you you find these spots and you and you make these things work for yourself, and then it happens to work for you know thousands or tens of thousands of other customers. I think that specific feature of of linking to more information is also what really is so powerful about this. Anyone's individual check in is usually one paragraph, two paragraphs. There's not actually that much depth in it, but in those links, there's usually an incredible amount of depth. So I do this all the time. I will scan twenty people's stuff. And there's like one person who's like, oh, they're working on this. Let me dive in more. It may be a link to another Basecamp project, usually all access, as Jason says, or it may be a link to a GitHub repo. And I can dive all the way down to the actual work itself. And I think that's what's so crucial about this way of working remotely, where you don't have heavy-handed managerial processes that are run manually with all these status meetings and so forth. You do need something else. You do need a way to get the confidence that the things are moving in the right direction and we're working on the right things, it's at the right pace and all these other things. But being able to dive into that information just when you need it and don't waste your time on it when you don't, it's just such a 10Xer. It's such a 10Xer when it comes to the managerial focus of Jason or I. This is one of the reasons I'd actually say, as far as all the tools that we have in our managerial toolbox, this is the key one that allows us to spend far far less time on management and more of the time on product decisions, uh, engaging directly with the product, working with a team rather than doing all this process work because the process work is automatable. That's to me is, is whenever you talk about a process, to me, the high point of that is that means it's automatable. If we do repeatable steps to get expected outcomes and it just have to run, that's a process. 
And if we could take that process and we could put it into a computer system, that's what computers are really good at. And they're not nearly as annoying. This is the other thing. If you don't have something like this, you might have a manager who pops into your ping. So where are we with X, Y, or C? I always find that to be such an awkward conversation because when someone is asking you, where are we with X? What they're really saying is, I don't fucking know where we are. Dude, I don't have any visibility into this. What is actually going on? I would just know that. Like that question wouldn't even come up the vast majority of the time when we lean on these questions and the answers in them. Okay, so let me ask you this, because Jason, you brought up scale, that if 37 Signals was much smaller, you know, five people, 10 people, we might not need something like this. Now, 70 or so people, it is helpful. But I think before I came, it was one giant check-in, like everyone was asked at the same time. We've now broken that up by department. Kind of talk me through that and those decisions. Yeah. And by the way, I do think this can be useful if you're smaller. Um, this actually, this feature actually came out of another product we built years ago called Know Your Company which had this idea of a weekly, I think it was like, I think we did it once a week. It was an email that was sent out to everybody. What are you basically working on? Or what have you been working on? So we were much smaller then. It was it was helpful and it still is helpful to small scale. It just feels a little bit less necessary, but I still think it's actually a good thing to consider. The other thing is that when you, when you get your habits right early, you just keep building on those. And that's why it's important to do the right thing early and not wait till you get to the point where you're really in pain and then you got to scramble to figure something out. We used to do, so when we were smaller, we had, you know, just everyone was asked the same question and all the answers were coming back into a single log. And that log got very long as we got more people. Um, basically, this is saved to what you would consider to be a, a journal. If you're unfamiliar with Basecamp, it's sort of like a journal, a log, the answers come back, it's one long scrollable page. And uh, that was fine for a while. And then eventually we, we still ask everyone the same question, but we broke the question, we created more questions. So one's like design team, what are you working on? Programmers, what are you working on? Executive, what are you working on? And this way you can go into a specific department, essentially, or a group of people and just see the responses for that group. So if you just want to see what designers are working on, you can go into the designer question, which is the same question as the other departments, but it's it's grouped and filtered in a sense. And you can also click on somebody's name specifically and see all their answers throughout history. So if I want to see what Kimberly's been working on for the past six months, I just find your name anywhere, click your name, and then it filters that down just to you, which is also another way to get really specific if you need to, which is great for, uh, you know, if you're going to do a one-on-one check-in with somebody or a, or a performance review or sort of a year summary, it's like an incredible automatic way to be able to look back at someone's body of work over a long period of time without having to do any work to, to find it and then have it all summarized uh, by them in their own words their own way, which is the other thing I think is important here. Some people listening might be thinking, this sounds like a lot of work. Like, why doesn't the system just summarize? Can't AI do this now? Like summarize, summarize everything for you. The point is, is that summarization is fine, but it misses a lot of the nuance. And I want to hear people describe their work in their own way, because you can see what's important to them, what they're excited about, what they think is important to pull out and share. That's a personal thing to me. This is a personal story. It's not It's not a summarization from a system. And that's explicitly why we built it this way. This is not summarizing to-dos that were checked off because all work is not tracked on to-dos. It's not summarizing card table movements of cards. Not all work is tracked that way. Some work is conversational. Some work happens off base camp, a podcast interview, some, some other thing that you ran into or discussion you had with somebody. Write it up in your own words. Does it take time? It can take some time. Some people spend a lot of time like I'd say a lot, maybe 10, 15 minutes. You, you can see some people spend three minutes or two minutes or a minute or 30 seconds. Whatever they want to do is fine. 
it's all about communicating the way you want to communicate. I will say, though, that this is one of those processes at our company that is a little bit like eat your vegetables or brush your teeth three times a day. Three times a day. Well, maybe not three times a day, but <laughs> a kind of thing where, where you're, you're looking at the long-term benefits. This is why you're doing it. But not everyone loves summarizing their work in this way. So I think it is fair to say that there is there needs to be a certain expectation that this is what we do. The system can, of course, ask everyone, and it does. That doesn't mean people will automatically choose to answer it. So one of the ways we've dealt with that is we've made it part of the official expectations. It's in the employee handbook. Hey, we expect someone to answer the, what are you going to work on this week, every week? And what have you worked on today, twice a week? And I think some level of that is required because, again, not everyone loves to do the summarization. It can feel like a hassle, even if it's not actually that much time. And in that, it's also some of the magic, in my opinion, that this is an automated way of encouraging people to think about how they spent their time. Because do you know what? Yeah, sometimes it does feel a little shit to write a what did you work on today if nothing really happened, right? Like eight hours was spent at work. And now you go to summarize the important, impactful points and you go like, huh, actually, what would I write today, right? Now, you do that once, you do that twice, who cares? If on a weekly basis, you're having a difficult time summarizing your work in this way, that is a flag of some kind, both to yourself, but also to your manager or your peers, right? Are people actually making progress on these things? And I think that social pressure is... Part of the magic of having a system like this that a lot of folks looking at remote work fear that they won't have. They fear that if someone is not in the office, do you know what, we're going to lose control? Are they even really going to be working? If you have something like this, um, it just deals with a lot of it. Because do you know what, anyone can bullshit an update or two or five. You can't bullshit three months worth of updates. And this is, comes back to, to Jason's um, high level of that feature. I can click on a single name. I can click on Jason. I can click on anyone in the company who's answering these questions. And I can quite quickly scroll, scroll through like three months worth of work. And you can get a sense, a high level sense. Do you know, is, is there some blockage here? Are people operating at the level that they're at this company at or, or whatever? Um, and I think that that pressure sometimes is like just slightly uncomfortable to some people in some situations at some times, and that discomfort is good. It's part of the feature. It's part of the function. And the fact that it is a system doing it, asking you every day, actually makes it easier to apply that pressure evenly and consistently rather than a manager sort of cherry picking out, oh, I wonder what uh, John has worked on and right, really drilling into that. So I think there's just it's worth recognizing not everyone is going to love it right off the gate. Not everyone's going to love it five years in. But part of that friction is the feature. And last point I want to make about this before we wrap up. David, you mentioned that it's like part of our employee manual. And I think it's also interesting that the two of you also do it. And Elaine also does it. I think very few people can say, like, I know exactly what the CEO has worked on this week. Like, yes, at a high level, you know, like there's plans and things are moving forward. but I could tell you, like, what did you guys work on last week? Or what are you planning on working on? Which I think is a little out of the ordinary for most companies. I really like that as a 
as a public diary, actually. Oftentimes, I use my check-ins to make like a broader point. Maybe in the olden days, 1982, you'd send out a memo or something. Um, I use these things like, here's a paragraph of something I think is important. I've been working on it or I've been observing it. So like it goes part of my transcript. And I know like a fair number of folks in the company will catch that. And that's a way to sort of spread actually culture. This is a question we often get with remote work. How do you create culture? Well, this is one of the ways you narrate how you see the company. You narrate the processes and the projects and the failures or the ups or the downs. And through that narration, as owners of the companies, as executives, you get to set a certain tone. Like, what are the expectations? What are, whatever. And it's all just like, they're, they're strays. Like, they're an anecdote here, a narrative here. It's not like all inclusive, all comprehensive. It doesn't need to be because you're telling a story over a long period of time. I also think... um at least to myself, this sense that if you're going to ask someone to do something you kind of don't really want to do, I'll give you an example. So it's not always my kids love to eat their vegetables. Some vegetables they really like, and other vegetables they don't like so much. If like I'm not eating them, how the hell am I going to tell them, do you know what? You should eat your vegetables. And they're like, but dad, your plate doesn't have any on it. And we're like, geez, yeah, you're right. Like I'm a hypocrite. So there's some sense that if you want employees at your company to do something that they are not always going to love all the time, and you may not love all the time, you got to be there. You got to be there or it's going to ring really hollow. Okay. Well, with that, we're going to wrap it up. Rework is a production of 37 Signals. You can find show notes and transcripts on our website at 37signals.com slash podcast. Full video episodes are also on YouTube and Twitter. And if you have a question for Jason or David about a better way to work and run your business, automatic check-ins, or any of the other ways that we work at 37 Signals, send us a voicemail at 708-628-7850. You can also text that number or send us an email to rework at 37signals.com, and we just might answer it on an upcoming show.